title of the message is Preparing for Giants. There were giants in David's day, and there are giants in our day. We have to be prepared. 1 Samuel 17, beginning with verse 1, Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and were gathered together at Shokah, which belongeth to Judah. And Saul and the men of Israel were also gathered together, and they pitched their tents by the valley of Elah, and set the battle in array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and the Israelites stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a vast valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines, whose name was Goliath. He was from Gath. His height was six cubits in a span. He had a helmet of brass upon his head. He was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. He had greaves of brass upon his legs, a target of brass between his shoulders. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. His spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and there went one before him bearing a shield of protection. And Goliath stood and cried to the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to sit battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and you servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to fight me. And if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then all of the Philistines will become your slaves. But if I prevail against your man and kill him, then all of you Israelites will become servants of the Philistines and serve us. Verse 10, And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight one-on-one. -on -one. When Saul and all of Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were all excited. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Let me begin by giving you an indisputable truth. If you are going to succeed, you must prepare and plan ahead. If you're going to succeed, you must prepare. You must plan ahead. In scouting, success is tied to preparation. In sports, success is tied to preparation. In battle, success is tied to preparation. In life, success is tied to preparation. There's no substitution for being prepared if success is your objective. In our story, the Israelites and the Philistines, who are arch enemies, are lined up for a battle. The Israelites are on top of a mountain on one side. The Philistines are on top of a mountain on the other side. And separating them is a vast valley in between. Neither side wants to initiate the attack because neither side wants to leave the high ground to go to the low ground to attack the enemy who's on the high ground. 
And so a standoff has occurred. The Philistines are on one side, the Israelites are on the other, and it doesn't appear that it, there's going to be any movement between the two. But then the Philistines have a plan. It's a very ingenious plan. They challenge Israel not to a fight between the armies, but a fight one on one. One man versus one man. Leave the armies out of it. The Philistines will send one of their warriors into the valley. The Israelites will send one of their warriors into the valley in a winner-take-all battle. If the Israelites win, the Philistines will surrender and become their slaves. If the Philistines win, the Israelites are to surrender and become their slaves. Now the Philistines make that offer because they're smart. In their camp is the undefeated world champion warrior named Goliath. He wears the belt. He is undefeated. He's a human tank. He's nine foot, nine inches tall. Nine foot, nine inches tall. He's three inches from his head touching the goal of a basketball. He weighs about 700 pounds stripped. He's a skilled warrior in every weapon of that day. He knows how to use a spear. He knows how to use the long sword. He knows how to use the sword. The short sword. He knows how to use a dagger. He knows how to use a club. He knows how to use an axe or a mace. He's a master in hand-to-hand -hand combat. He has never been beaten in battle. Never. And he's arrogant. He's aggressive. He's meaner than a junkyard dog, as the song says. And he goes into the valley, and for 40 days, he challenges King Saul and the Israelites to send him somebody to accept the offer and to do battle. I wish I could tell you that King Saul, the king of Israel, accepted the challenge, but he did not. I wish I could tell you some of his top brass, some of the great generals of Israel took up the challenge, but none did. I wish I could tell you that some soldiers got together and said, we cannot have this. And one of them said, I'll go. But none of that happened. No one budged on the side of the Israelites, not one. You know why? Because they believed in their mind and heart that if they would go out, it was a suicide mission. They would be slain. One day, if you read 1 Samuel 17, a young teenage boy by the name of David is on a mission from his father. He's bringing supplies to his brothers who serve in the Israeli army. And while David is bringing those supplies to his brothers... He witnesses Goliath down in the valley. 
He sees him. A massive man. He hears what Goliath has to say. Goliath, using profanity and vulgarity, is cursing the God of heaven. How do you feel when somebody is taking the name of your God in vain? Well, this Goliath is using every four-letter word that exists was in his day to bring blasphemy to the God of heaven, to the Israelites, and to everything that goes with it. And David is grieved. He goes to his brothers. He says, why don't you take up the fight? And they say, go away, you young punk kid. You don't know what you're talking about. He goes to other soldiers and he says, listen, how can you let him say that about our God and about our people? And they say, you don't understand. You're just a youngster. You're not a military person. You don't understand. And David has occasion to see the king himself. He says, king, why don't you take up the fight? You're our, you're our, you're our leader. You're our, you're our hero. You're to be our example. And Saul stutters and stammers and makes excuses. All of them essentially tell David, go away, you don't understand. Dismiss yourself, go back to taking care of your sheep, leave this to us. But David cannot do that. He will not have his God cursed. He will not have his people profaned. He will not have the things of his God vulgarized. David says, if my brothers will not go, if no other soldiers or leaders will go, if the king himself will not go, I make myself available to go. I will take the challenge. I'm not a military man. I don't know how to wear all of this armor. But I will take the challenge in my civilian clothes. And I will carry my own weapons, a slingshot, and five stones. David takes the challenge. Now, it's interesting in verses 43 and 44, if you have your Bible open again. What Goliath has to say when he's standing in the valley... And he sees suddenly an Israelite come into the valley. Notice what Goliath has to say about this one David as he comes in verses 43 and 44. And Goliath the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog? Am I a mongrel dog? A half-breed animal? That you are coming at me with a slingshot and stones? You've got to be kidding. And the Philistine cursed David. Cursed him by his own gods. And the Philistine in verse 44 said to David, Come to me. Come on to me, you little punk. I will give you a lesson of your life. I'm going to murder you, I'm going to slaughter you, and I'm going to feed you to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. Boy, that's pretty arrogant. 
Come on. Well, I love what David replies back to him in verses 45 through 48. You see, David understood something. This wasn't going to be a fair fight. David had a partner. Verse 45, David says to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with the sword. You cometh to me with the spear. You come to me with your shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have cursed and defied. And I tell you this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will smite you, and I'll take your head off your shoulders. And I will feed your carcass, O Philistine, to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a living God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with swords and spears, for the battle is of the Lord, and he's going to give us into your hand. Verse 48, And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came, and drew nigh to meet David, that David ran from him. No, he didn't. David ran to him to meet this Philistine in battle. Now, this battle is is short. If this was pay-per-view, you would be disappointed. Because this isn't going long, and it's not going the distance. David and Goliath exchange words. David loads up the slingshot, and David moves forward against Goliath. And I believe that Goliath is shocked at this. I don't believe he's ever had anybody challenge him this way. Most of the time, they've ran from him, and he's had to run them down. But David runs right at him. And I believe Goliath is somewhat shocked for just a moment. And as David is running toward him, David is slinging the slingshot. It's swirling around and around over his head, and David releases the stone when he gets in rage. And that stone was God-guided. We got guided missiles. This was a guided stone. God's GPS was all over that one. And the hand of God took that stone as it traveled through the air and guided it directly where Goliath was weak and vulnerable. You see, he, had, he was covered in armor from head to toe except for one spot right between his eyes. And that stone, traveling 60 or 70 miles an hour, hit Goliath right between the eyes. It penetrated into his skull. It hit his brain. And that mountain of a man, that tank of a man, dropped to his knees. And then he fell on his face to the ground. You could hear that thud all over. And David ran up to that giant that was already dead. And he pulled out that giant sword that he had. And David took his head off his shoulders and held it up. 
The Philistines learned a lesson that day. A lesson they would never forget. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask on the Lone Lone Ranger. And you don't mess around with David. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the story. It's a story about being prepared. You see, we never know when God is going to need us, do we? We never know when there's going to be a Goliath out there waiting on us. And God is going to call us to take him on. But when that day comes, we've got to be ready. You have to be prepared. These things just don't happen in a vacuum. You have to be prepared. And as I close this message, I want to give you some ways that David was prepared for that giant. Because when he went to the front to deliver those supplies to his brothers, he never knew what was facing that day. He didn't go there intending to go to battle. David really didn't want to do the fight. But he was ready. And when nobody else made themselves available, he did. Because he was ready and he was prepared for what God would have him to do. Well, how was he prepared? Number one, he knew the word of God. He knew the word of God of his day. The word of God of of our day is the Bible. This is the word of God. It does not contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, it is inspired, infallible truth. Everything God wants us to know, He put in the Bible. There is no more truth. This is the truth. And David had scriptures in his day. He had a Bible in his day. Not obviously as big as ours, but there was scripture. There was a Bible And David knew the word of God. He spent many nights out in the fields by himself watching the sheep of his father. And the scriptures tell us in Psalms that he would meditate on the word of God. He meditated on what God had to say in the word. And I wonder, just wonder, perhaps, if David didn't say these words every now and then when he was out in the field. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 3 and 7 and 8. The word of the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, you shall chase your enemies and they shall fall before you by the sword. And five of you shall chase a hundred. A hundred of you shall chase ten thousand, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. I wonder if David didn't often think about those verses. Those were part of his Bible, you know. I wonder if he didn't meditate upon what God had said to him through that word. And ladies and gentlemen, never forget, What God says is what God does. You want to know the will of God? What has God said? 
that's what he's going to do. It wasn't a mystery to David. He knew God's word. He knew what God had said to him through that word. He meditated on it. He was ready because he knew the word of God. He was prepared because he knew the word of God. That's called meditation, but he also believed the word of God. He believed that thy word is truth. He meditated upon it. He knew it. But he had faith in it. Because he believed it. You see, David was given a responsibility. Pay attention. He was given a responsibility by his father. He was given a command by his father to watch the sheep in the field. And to guard those sheep from thieves, from wild beasts, and from anything that would be a danger to them. David was given a responsibility by his father to watch sheep in the field and to guard them and protect them that he might honor his father. When David was given that responsibility, The Bible says that he had to take on all the adversaries by himself. Lions would come down, and David would take on the lions. A little teenage boy would take on the lions with that slingshot and stone, and he would kill the lions. They wouldn't take his father's sheep. The bears would come, and the little teenage boy would go out and face those huge bears with a slingshot and a stone, and he would kill them. And guard his father's sheep. Thieves would come. Nomads. And they would try to attack and take the sheep. And David would defend those sheep. With his slingshot. With his stones. He would drive the thieves away. David knew how to guard the sheep of his father. That he might honor his father's request to watch over him. He knew how to guard them from lions, tigers, and bears. He put God's word to the test. And God always honored his what? Word. Because there would become a day when the heavenly father would say to David, I want you to go out and defend my sheep of the house of Israel. I want you to honor me by taking care of them. And David would. David's preparing himself now for what is going to be a, a fight with a giant. How has he prepared himself? He's meditated on the word of God. He knows what God's word says. And he's hid it in his heart. He recites it. He sings it. He talks about it. He prays over it. He meditates on the Word of God because the Word of God tells him who God is and what God has said and what God will do. And then he believes in the Word of God. That's faith. What God has said, David believes it's true. Every bit of it's true. 
And so David acts upon it by guarding those sheep that his father gave him. And then thirdly, he goes from meditation, that's preparation number one, to faith, which is preparation number two, to obedience. That's preparation number three. I know what God said. I believe what God said. I'm now going to do what God says. And God spoke to David through the circumstances. God spoke to David through the Spirit of God that weighed upon his heart. And David said, I'm going to listen to my Father in heaven. I will take on that Goliath. I will defend the sheep of the house of Israel, just like I listened to my earthly father who told me to defend the sheep of the house of Jesse. And David did. And you know something? David understood something. He couldn't lose. I told you this was a rigged battle. I submit to you tonight for your consideration, there was no way David could lose. You say, why, Pastor? Did he have a rabbit's foot in his pocket? No. Was he cocky? No. Was he foolish? No. Was he a positive thinker? No. Robert Schuller wasn't alive in that day. David knew that if he listened to what his father said, believed it, and acted upon it, he would automatically win. He knew that. In fact, I would like to submit to you tonight, David could have walked backwards against Goliath. He could have took the slingshot and swung it with his back turned to Goliath and threw the stone straight up in the air. And the hand of God would have taken that stone that went straight up and did a right-hand turn with it and shot it, and it would have still accomplished what God wanted to do with it. Why can I say that? Because in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 12 and 13, God had sent a prophet to the house of Jesse the prophet came looking for the next king of Israel. You know the story and you know the song. One by one they came. And the prophet examined each one of those sons and said, nah, 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 nah. And he said, do you have any more boys? None of these are what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for your smart boys. I'm not looking for your strong boys. I'm not looking for your wealthy boys. I'm not looking for those that got magnetism and charisma. I'm looking for the next king of Israel. Do you have anybody else? And Jesse says, well, I got one other boy, but he's out in the back. Go get him. And David comes. When others saw a shepherd boy, God saw a king. And Samuel the prophet, pay attention, in, verse, in chapter 16, 1 Samuel 16, verse 12 and 13, he said, that's the one. He's the one. 
This is the one that God has chosen and I am to anoint to be the next king of Israel. He will replace Saul, a man after his own heart, with David, a man after God's heart. Now let me ask you a question, common sense. If David would have died fighting Goliath, God would have been a what? Couldn't have happened. David was going to live and David was going to have victory because the prophet Samuel had anointed him to be the next king of Israel. David was ready. When the opportunity presented itself, David was ready. He was prepared. Are we? David knew the word of God. Therefore, he knew what God would do according to his word. He believed the word of God. He believed that this book was true. It was true. It wasn't a bunch of poppycock. It was true. And he took what he knew and what he believed and he acted on it by faith when God gave him the opportunity to do it. He did it in obedience. The Bible says we're to make the most of every opportunity God gives us for the days are evil. And in order to do that, we have to be prepared. You don't get prepared at the moment. You are prepared ahead of time. Lord Baden-Powell, many of them call him Mr. Boy Scout, was the originator of the Boy Scout motto. And you know the Boy Scout motto is, be prepared. And somebody asked Lord Baden-Powell, be prepared for what? <laughs> and he said, for anything. Are we prepared tonight for the giants that are out there? Do you know there are giants out there? And some of them are just as nasty and aggressive as Goliath. They curse our God. They curse the church. They curse everything there is to do with the Lord. They defy us. They laugh at us. Are we prepared for them? There might come a day when God will say, I want you. Take them on. Me? Yeah, you. And in order to be ready, we've got to know the Word of God. That tells us what God's going to do. We've got to believe the Word of God. We've got to believe that when God speaks, He means it. And then we've got to be ready to act in obedience on that Word, even when it doesn't quite make any sense to us. We just do it. Are you prepared to live? Are you prepared to die? Are you prepared to meet your God? He's coming. Are we a prepared people? Are we just living in the moment? hoping and praying that we'll never meet a giant, because if we do, we'll get slaughtered, not him. Be prepared. That's the story 
of David and Goliath. May it be our story. You might say, well, Pastor, how, how, how am I supposed to be prepared to live? The same way David was. Know your Bible, believe your Bible, and obey your Bible. How can we be prepared to die? Make sure you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't leave this world without it. Have a will. Do you have a will or a trust? Do you have life insurance? Are you right with everybody that you know and love? Are you ready to die? Are you prepared to die? Are you prepared to live? Are you prepared for Jesus coming? If he was to come back tonight, are you ready? Have you got the hate out of your head? Have you got the lust out of your heart? Have you paid up your tithes? Are you giving your talents unto his service? Are you giving your time unto his worship? Are you ready? If I announced that in five minutes you were going to be dead, what would you have to do right now? In five minutes, you're gone. You're on your way to the funeral home. What would you have to do right now? Would you have to call your attorney and say, listen, I need a quick will. Would you have to call a life insurance agent, Brother Steve, and say, listen, I, I need some life insurance on the quick. Would you have to get on the phone and call somebody and say, listen, I'm so sorry that we've been separated for all these years over nonsense and pettiness. Would you forgive me? I only got five minutes. Would you forgive me? Don't think about it. Would you forgive me? Are you ready to die? If I told you in five minutes Jesus is coming, five minutes the Son of the living God is going to blast the trumpet, there'll be the voice, there'll be the sound, and up, up, and away we go. What would you have to do? Five minutes, He's here. Would you have to come to the altar real quick and try to do in five minutes 30 days of praying? Would you have to open up your Bible and try to speed read as much as you could? Because you haven't been reading your scriptures like you should. You don't want to face him, the living word, not having read the written word. Would you have to write a check real quick and run up here and say, Pastor, take this, take this, take this. I haven't paid my tithes in 19 years. Here, take it. Would you run to Brother Norman and tug on him and say, Listen, I need to serve somewhere. You got any place I can go for five minutes? <laughs> Find me a place. Would you say we need more worship? Pastor, let's do more worship. We've got to do a lot more worship. <laughs> it's getting time. Are you prepared? Do you have to run over here and say, Pastor, I apologize. I need to say I'm sorry to somebody over here. I've been mad with them for years. Are you prepared to live? Are you prepared to die? Are you prepared for Jesus? Are you prepared to face the giants that are out there? I hope so.
be prepared. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Heads bowed, eyes closed.